There it goes. How's that? Is that better? Yeah. I used to leave my glasses laying on the pulpit before I preached, and I'd go up. I got up there that morning, and I put my glasses on, and someone had smeared them with Vaseline. <laughs> I couldn't see anything. So I got where I don't leave my glasses laying on the pulpit anymore. I don't trust water that's been opened. Somebody might have uh, put something into that. Uh, long message and a short time to, to get it done this morning. I'm kind of like uh, Bill Stafford. If you'll listen uh, better, I'll get done quicker. So uh, the church is hope today. 1 Corinthians 15:19 says, uh, "If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all we of all men most miserable." Uh, so I remind you this morning, as you have already been reminded uh, by the songs here, Jesus is coming again, and I don't know who holds tomorrow. I don't know where Jesus is going to come this afternoon, tomorrow, or a hundred years from now. But if He chooses to come this afternoon, I'm ready to go. I have that what is known in the old hymnal. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine heir of salvation purchase of God born of his spirit washed in his blood this is my story this is my song help me praise him my savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. We can go home now and say it's been good to be here. Amen? Sure, sure. I remind you this morning that there are two parts of the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. There is what is known as the rapture for the church. And then there is what is known as the revelation of the church. Which we believe that it's going to be seven years after what is known as the great tribulation that's going to take place upon the earth. One of the few passages this morning that speaks about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ in great detail is found here in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, verses 16 through verses number 18. Paul here has been on a missionary journey. This is his second missionary journey, and he's won many to the Lord in a three-week span Acts chapter number 17, verse number 2 tells us uh, that he reasoned with them out of the Scriptures some three Sabbath days. Uh, so here he is, and he has taught these people uh, 
much about what is known as eschatology. That is a highfalutin word for saying he's talking about the things to come. The second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. When the rapture takes place, the Lord Jesus Christ is not going to come to the earth, but he's going to come in the air. At his revelation, he's going to come back to the earth. And I'll show you more about that in just a moment. Verse number 16 talks about the reappearing of, our, of the Lord. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of the God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Sometimes when the Bible speaks of Christ's return, it sometimes speaks of His appearing of Christ. And that's the Greek word, the Greek word appearing, is where we get our English word epiphany. That is just a modern day word also talking about a manifestation of a, an important person. And one of these days, the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ is going to come. A good way to remember scriptures, and that is this way. In the Old Testament, it tells us that Jesus is coming. You can read about that time and time again. It tells us a thousand years before Jesus came on the scene, they were talking about His coming. The New Testament tells us that Jesus has come, that He's died upon the cross of Calvary for the sins of the whole world. The epistle of Acts tells us uh, that Jesus is gone away. You remember there on the day of Pentecost, he says that the angel of the Lord came and men were standing and were looking as Jesus went up into the air. And they said, ye men of Galilee, why do you stand here gazing up into the heavens? For the same Jesus that you see go away is going to come again in like manner as you've seen him go uh, away. Then we have the church epistles. They tell us how to live when Jesus has gone away. Then you have the book of the Revelation that tells us that Jesus is coming again. Read it there for yourself. So I realize that there is what is known as the attraction of His appearing. <clears throat> Note again there verse number 16. The Lord Himself. So many people get excited about the uh, particularities of uh, the coming again when they should be excited about the, about the person that is coming. So it tells us here, uh, uh, I, I remember, you know, we've all been, how many have been down to the airport? You've been down to the airport to pick somebody up. Uh, what excites you when you get down to the airport? Is it those big windows and those big airplanes that are pulling in or what is it that excites you when, you when you get there? All the bright lights and all like that. <clears throat> now it's wonderful to see that and all, but what excites me is a person that's getting off of that plane and walking down that long tunnel way and when they walk out on the other side and maybe a person you hadn't seen them in a long time and you run up and you embrace them and you hug them and you thank God that they've made the trip. Uh, one of these days I'm going to get to see the Lord Jesus come again and I'm going to be able to go up and embrace Him and thank Him for saving me and giving me a place in heaven. Yes. The Lord Himself. Not sending an angel. 
But he's sending himself. He's coming himself. Uh, then notice the action in his appearing. Look there again. There is the word descend. Say the word descend. I've been watching too much of Tony Evans. <laughs> descend. The Lord Himself shall descend. So the Lord will come down from heaven. For what purpose is the Lord going to descend? Well, He's going to, he's going to descend down to the... Uh, he's going to descend into the air. Uh, and uh, we realize... Uh, that He is going to cause the dead in Christ to rise first. Those that are alive and remain is going to be called up together to meet the Lord in the air. So He's going to descend toward the earth. He's not coming to the earth at this time, but He's coming in the air. And the Bible says, and the graves, those that have died, the graves are going to burst open. And the dead in Christ is going to rise first. The reason they get up first, they got six more feet to get up than we do. Then we're going to be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, 750 millionths of a second, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is going to change us. That's quicker than you can snap your finger. That's quicker than you can blink your eye. Uh, think about that. If Jesus were to come right now, I mean, He would change us in such a way that the clothes I'm wearing today wouldn't even have time to pile up on the floor before He give me a glorified body and glory to God we'd go out of here. That ought to excite anybody. Are you excited? I hope you will be before you get out of here. He comes in the air. Now, He doesn't come to the earth. When He comes in the revelation, He comes to the earth. Zechariah 14, verse 4. And it says, And His feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem. So Jesus Christ will not touch the earth physically at His first coming, but He will touch the earth after the tribulation and He comes in His revelation and there to set up His glorious kingdom that is going to be upon the earth and He's going to rule and reign upon the throne of David. Do you believe that? If you don't believe that, you need to be studying your Bible. Awful quiet this morning. Notice the accomplishments there. Note what it says. He's coming with a shout. He's coming with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. So there's a shout. There's a voice. There's a trumpet. And so when Christ comes back, there's going to be a shout out of heaven of some sort. Uh, it's kind of like a, a military command. Uh, by the way, we're having our veterans banquet on November the 12th, right? Aaron, you need to be in the back after service and, and take up names for sign up. See Aaron after church. If you can volunteer to be in that, uh, then sign up with him. He's going to be back there. There's a sign up sheet. I meant to say that before I got started. That don't cost you any extra. All right. It's a shout, a command, an irresistible command. It's kind of like when Jesus went to the tomb of Lazarus. And He stood at the tomb of Lazarus and they said, He said unto them, Roll away the stone. 
Lord, by now, he's been dead four days. Didn't have embalming in the day like we have today. He's been dead four days. He's going to stink when you roll that back. Roll it back. You say, where was Lazarus? I have no idea. Lazarus, come forth. And if he hadn't said Lazarus, everybody in the graveyard would have got up. But he said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus, can't you see him? They, they wrapped them in clothes and kind of mummified them. And every, every uh, your legs and your arms and every article, you was wrapped all together. Can't you see, can't you see Lazarus come to the door? <laughs> Loose him. Let him go. And they begin to unwrap this dead body that's been dead, been somewhere, came back. And that proved to the world Jesus is whom He said He was. So, with the voice of the archangel, there's the Greek word where we get our word phone from. Everybody's got one. If phone tires up, Man, it's a mess. I'm glad when God comes with the voice of an archangel, his phone is not going to have a problem. So he comes together his saints. Uh, and it says there, the angel. It says, the archangel. Now, there may be more than one archangel in the Bible, but I've only read about one. And that is Michael. So I take it that Michael is going to be there. So I'm justified in saying that it's going to be Michael. And the signal is going to be the trump of God. And many trumpets in the Bible, they gather themselves together for battle uh, with a trumpet. They gather themselves together at the beginning of the month for, with the sound of the trumpet. Uh, they march by the trumpet. The, the people came together uh, by a trumpet. Churches I used to attend years ago used to sound out a ringing of a bell. Remember that? They had a big old bell out there, a big rope come down from the top, and they would ring that bell, and it meant that we're to gather ourselves together here in the house of the Lord. They don't ring the bell no more. I don't know why they don't ring the bell no more. You know why they don't ring the bell no more? You find out why they don't ring the bell no more. There's the rising of the dead. Paul says back there in Corinthians, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound. And when the trumpet sounds, uh, the dead shall be raised incorruptible, uh, and we shall be changed. Uh, so when the Lord descends, remember that a while ago? Descend. You've been watching him too, haven't you? When the Lord descends, listen, I've been at this 50 years, and I know I ain't got along with it, and I'm going to enjoy myself. I think, I think you ought to enjoy yourself when you, when you proclaim the Word of God, and you get excited uh, about the things of God. So there's the rising of the dead. There is the perplexity. Uh, no problem for us today, but in that day, the people thought that when a person died, that was it. 
They had nothing, they knew nothing about a resurrection. If you look back in verses 14 and 15 of 1 Thessalonians, so it says, For if we believe that Jesus died, now do you believe that Jesus died? Say amen. amen. For if you believe that Jesus died and rose again, do you believe in his resurrection? Amen. Even so them also which sleep or have died. In Jesus, that's important, will God bring with him, for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or hinder them which have already died. So Paul was saying to these believers, they died before I returned, but they'll be a part of the rapture of the church. Notice the people in the rising. The dead in Christ. A limited group. Not everybody. Not a general judgment and a general resurrection. But it says there, the dead in Christ. Only those who have been saved... And then there's the priority in that. They'll rise first. They'll they'll rise first, which means they will be made alive and will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. Can't you see that? Can you picture that? I went to the uh, Passion Play down in Atlanta when they had it down there, First Baptist Church. Many, many years ago. And it got better every year. And I went down there that year. And they uh, had come up with some things. And uh, Jesus, I'm sitting about the third or the fourth row back from the front. And I'm sitting there. And Jesus walks out on the stage. They have him in a white garment. as, as, As if he had been buried in a grave clothes and all like that. And he's standing there, and he stretches out his arms, and you couldn't see him, but they had hooked cables to him, and all of a sudden, he began, this Baptist preacher came unglued. I mean, I began to rejoice and shout, and you say, well, didn't you embarrass? I didn't care who I embarrassed. I just witnessed what the best thing I could do concerning the resurrection. And I began to say, glory to God. Glory to God. As Jesus began to go up. Then there's the removing of the living. Then we, then we which are alive and remain. We'll be caught up how? Together. I've died a long time before you did because you're a lot younger. We get up together. You may be in chains. Hey, Brother Tommy, how you been doing? We're going up and, hey, look at you on the earth, way back there. Hey, here. Hey, here. Chuck, hey, here. You look a lot better than you used to. Hey, here. <laughs> Caught up together. Notice here the multitude in the removing. 
Two things. They go up. They redeemed. They've been saved. Paul is speaking here to the saved people, not the unsaved people. I think the unsaved people will be glad we're gone. I've been their problem now for over 50 years. They don't like me. I don't like them. I love their soul. What they need to do is get saved. If they get saved, then we can get into the same category together. One of these days, the unsaved going to be glad we're gone. That bunch, that, that bunch that's been hanging around here, they say is missing. I, I don't know where they went. Somebody killed them or something like that. But they're not here anymore. Thank God they're gone. They don't even recognize God, but they're thanking God we're gone. I'll be glad to be gone too. The moment of their removing, then, say then. then. Say, okay, that works pretty good. I might try that some more. <laughs> then. then. Soon as the dead in Christ are risen, then the living in Christ will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Now, I'm afraid of heights. I like that passage of Scripture where it says, Lo, I'm with you always. <laughs> I can't hardly get on a ladder anymore. But we're caught up in a twinkling of an eye with a shout. It happens so quickly. The unsaved won't have time to get saved. Well, I'm going to wait to the rapture and I'm going to get saved. You'll be too late. You need to get saved today. Are you ready today? If you're not ready today, you can get ready. You can invite the Lord Jesus to come into your, house, into your life. And there's the matter. We'll be caught up together with them in the air. It means to snatch away. Now I know. We got this bunch and I've been around them too and they, they've getting on me. Here you are preaching about the rapture. Ain't no such word found in the word of God. And I'll agree with you. But there is the word caught up. And the word caught up is where we get the word R-A-P-I-T-O. Rapto which translates into our English word, R-A-P-T-U-R-E. It doesn't take a Greek scholar to figure that out. That's just simple. We'll be caught up together. The joys of the Lord will not be missed. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how we're going to operate there. But it tells us that we'll be caught up together into the clouds. Uh, um, I don't know where that's going to be like clouds of people or whether or not it just simply means caught up in the clouds. I was out on the mountainside one day taking a break. I used to mark scale timber for the government, used to fight fire for the government. I was laying out there that day and I'd had my lunch. And I just laid back. And somehow or another, as I laid back, 
God was allowing me to witness the making of a cloud. I'd never seen that before. Over here was not a cloud, but it would blow through this area there and it would come out the other side. It'd be a cloud. Not a thick cloud, but it was making a cloud. Is that the way the Lord's going to do it? I don't know. But I was enjoying it. There's the meeting and the removing. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Glad reunion day. There will be a happy meeting in heaven, I know. When we see the many loved ones we've known here below. I say you don't want to sing. There's the requirement for the present. Wherefore? Wherefore? Because of what you've just read. Wherefore? Talking about the rapture of the church. Being caught up together to be with the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Because of that, comfort one another with these words. Notice a couple of things. The place, of the, the place of the requirement. Paul is teaching a very important principle here in this requirement. Principle of revelation. Listen closely. Principle of revelation brings responsibility. Now, what are you trying to say, preacher? Principle of revelation brings responsibility. And promises of God brings precepts. By that, I simply mean this. You ought to be living in such a manner this morning that if Jesus were to choose to come right now, there'd be nothing you would want to do or need to do to step into His presence. Would you be ready? Good question, isn't it? If the rapture of the church, the imminent return of the Lord doesn't make you want to change your way of living and the things you're doing wrong, then the preaching on the rapture is all in vain. Because the preaching of the rapture of the church is for the purpose of making you ready. You say, I thought revival did that. Preaching of the rapture ought to prepare you for the coming again of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's the particularities of the requirement. We're to comfort one another with these words. You know what that means? That means to aid somebody that's going through difficulty. Do you worry? You need to encourage people. You need to encourage people. Thank you this morning again, choir, for singing. 
singing the songs. Who's the comforter, by the way? John chapter number 14. What did Jesus say? I'm going away, but I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to send to you the comforter, which is none other than the Holy Spirit of God, who today, if you have been saved, born again into the body of Christ, where is the Holy Spirit this morning? In your heart. In your life. You say, well, I've never felt Him there. You better do something. You better do something. So the coming again should bring us comfort. Sinners not going to be comforted. They'd be left out. What are we to comfort one another with? Wherefore, comfort one another with what? These words. These words. Paul is speaking to them about what the Lord had revealed unto them. He's talking about the Word of God. Informing them that I'm going away, but I'm going to come again. Comfort one another with these words. You read some of the stories of the old preachers. And many times just before they die, they would call in somebody and they'd say, read the Word of God to me. Read the Word of God to me. Aaron read some Scripture this morning. Tommy read some Scripture this morning that are to comfort one another with these words. If you comfort one another with the Word of God, you'll not be disappointed. Because it's truth. It's truth. Nothing like the Word of God. Now I'm told that a good sermon ought to have a good beginning. It ought to have a good ending. And it ought to be short in between. That's as short as I do it this morning. Would you bow with me in prayer? Father, thank You for such a wonderful truth which gives us hope. Thank You that You have made each a promise. We're unworthy of those promises, God, but we thank You for them. O Lord, come, as John cried out in John. Help us to live in such a way knowing that you could come at any moment of time. We want to be faithful in your service, Lord. As John said, those that have this hope in them will purify themselves. Help us to live in the light of the coming again of our Lord Jesus Christ. For all these promises, we thank you for. In Jesus' name. I pray. Amen. Hey guys, Pastor Scotty Gerard here, and I just wanted to say thank you for joining us today. We really hope that this has been a resource that's helped you grow in your purpose for God, but also grow in His glory. 
We also want to extend an invitation to you to join us here in person at Harmony Grove. We are located at 1008 Town Creek School Road in Blairsville, Georgia. We would love for you to come be a part of our service, to be a part of our small groups. If you have children, we have children's classes on Wednesday night and on Sunday morning. And all this information can be found on our website. We'd also like to continue help you in your growth with Christ. If you have a question, maybe a prayer request, or just need to talk to somebody, you can contact us in the emails below in the description, or you can also contact us through our app and through our website, which are also found in the description below. Again, we hope this has been a blessing to you because we know that you joining us today has been a great blessing to us. Thank you so much. God bless.